I've worked with hundreds of women entrepreneurs to help them market their businesses. Behind their businesses, they all have stories to tell. Whether it's battling mommy guilt, starting a business after being fired from a six-figure job, or realizing they needed to pivot and forge an uncharted path, they've all experienced something on their journey to success. I'm one of these women too, and I'm here to share our stories on Bright Girls in Business. Hello, everybody. This is Chanel Yarber of the Bright Girls in Business show, and we are back for another week of the show with another phenomenal woman. And I'm really excited because today is actually a special edition of the Bright Girls in Business podcast because it is a joint podcast with my friend, my sister, my soror, Miss Tanae Rogers of the Tanae Talks podcast. So welcome, Miss Tanae. You tell the people who you are. You do this. You know, you can tell the people about yourself. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Tanae Rogers, host of the Tanae Talks podcast, the podcast that educates and entertains the the podcast where you come to laugh and learn. And I'm the host of that. I am a wife, a mother, a podcaster, an educator, et cetera, et cetera, dot, dot, dot. She all in, basically. <laughs> She's every woman, it's all in her. And today, <laughs> today is International Women's Day, and we are coming on here to talk about a topic that we just kind of started like texting about and just ruminating, and it just bubbled up into this show. And so we both kind of excited. Uh, we wanted to share space for International Women's Day and chat about women in leadership, particularly black women in leadership. I can't speak about Asian women. I can't speak about Mexican women. I can't speak about white women because I'm none of them. I'm a black woman. She's a black woman. And we're going to talk about us being in leadership and um, the shift that we've seen lately in our career paths, in entrepreneurship, and leadership spaces of women taking up more space and maybe not sending the elevator down. So this this <laughs> this topic today is send the elevator down sis. So we're going to talk about all of the trials, all of the uh issues that we find when we're in leadership. So today I I want to kick it off to you cuz I I did a little research just so I could have a basis for what I was saying cuz I didn't want you know people get on on podcasts and they start just talking and saying stuff mm-hmm. and then everybody's like that's not true or whatever no <laughs> right? I did some research oh, so research. I, I yeah I'm, I'm gonna cue the research up so we can kind of get into what we want to talk about so I saw a Forbes article and it was titled black women leaders are more ambitious but less supported at work hmm. okay all right mm-hmm. and it basically said that compared to other women at their level black women leaders are more likely to have colleagues question their competence and to be subjected to demeaning behavior. And one in three black women leaders say they have been denied or passed over for opportunities because of personal characteristics, including their race and gender. Mm, okay. So I am going to speak from my experience first and just say, yes. <laughs> it's simple, true. It's true. A simple <laughs> yes. So I want to put this on the table to you. You're you're in leadership. You you know you're in education spaces Mm -hmm. and all of that. How have you seen in your career any of this show up 
to the Forbes article, uh, I've seen I've seen people that have the skill set, the real skill set, not ascend to where you might think that they would ascend, and someone in less competency, less competent ascending. <laughs> and so I've seen that. And so will I say race played a role in it? Absolutely, depending on what it is. And some people are not as malleable as others. And so when you are not a yes man, sometimes you're not able to ascend. Sometimes when you kind of go by the policy, you're not able to ascend. Or if you don't want to play the game. Mm. then you're not able to ascend. And sometimes there's games with, it's like Game of Thrones within Game of Thrones <laughs> with it, you know, within the system, depending on what, what you're doing. And so if you're going to stick to a particular code of conduct, maybe your own personal code of conduct, then your ascension may be stagnant. I can agree with that. Mm -hmm. I, I know for me, um, being in corporate and then transitioning into my own business and then back into corporate, I don't like the mind games. Mm -mm. Me, personally, when I feel like mind games are being played or like the cards are being shuffled around, mm -hmm. you know, in front of me and I don't know which one to pick. And you know how they... Yeah, you know how they, <laughs> yeah like... Look, Three, you know, what they call a three-card three card Monty. Monty. <laughs> yes, it's like that. Okay, pick a card, any card. And they just flipping stuff around. Yeah, and then yeah, you're yeah. like, wait a minute. The last time, this was the path. Mm -hmm. This was the way. Mm -hmm. This is what you told me, right? Mm -hmm. And then the next thing you know, they done changed the game up. And it's something else. And then somebody you've trained yeah. is coming up. And they're taking your job or pulling rank or, you know. it's Yeah, it's all of that. All of it. I, I would say to that. That uh, I, to the point of the three card Monty, sometimes when we're in these spaces as black women, the same rules don't apply to mm -hmm. your point. So let's just say you went to a training and these things were laid out in the training that this is what everybody's supposed to do. Make it applicable to your position. And then you are literally following it to a T. And but then you're able to get wind of some colleagues work and performance and metrics and you realize that they're not following what had just been handed down yet they're not getting in trouble they're not getting a write-up and I'm not for anybody like losing their livelihood I'm not saying that but it seems like the hammer is laid down on black women when we stray from when we color outside the lines very much so I'm in a leadership class um at work and so they're, they're putting me through this 13-week um, leadership course because I, I lead mm -hmm. on my team. And one of the things that I had to bring up today because we were just talking about like the stories that people tell themselves and how you interact and engage with people in uh, corporate, you know, in work and mm -hmm. all that other good stuff. And I was telling them sometimes I feel like I am extra cautious of how I carry myself mm -hmm. in at work. Because I don't want to come off and be perceived as the angry black woman hmm. when I come in the room. I have, I know I have a resting bitch face. <laughs> you better. You know, I mean, I just, <laughs> I, and I, I'm not thinking of anything. I'm yeah. not mad at anybody. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm really not even studying these people. But in their mind, they come up with, because I carry myself a certain way, mm -hmm. that I'm mad or I'm angry or I'm hard to work with. It's the big I word. 
the big I word is intimidation. Uh, right, <laughs> right. That that big word. And then the next thing you know, it's, oh, we didn't feel you were easy to work with. Or, oh, you know, all these other excuses that they mm-hmm. come up with as to why you didn't either get the next position or, you know, get sponsored for something or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, did you get to know me? Did you try to engage in a conversation with me? Were you polite to me? You don't have to know my business. You don't know I have to know what I ate last week or what I did with my family. But you could just ask me, how am I doing? And that opens up a door for us to build a rapport with one another. And I guess I don't really like the term RBF, the rest in bitch face, because I'm realizing that with my son, uh, he he's just a very chill guy. I am hyper. My son, he's a Gemini. So one minute he's hyper and the next minute is just like, and so I find myself like, are you okay? And he's like, mom, I'm just chilling. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just, it's, I feel like that with the RBF situation, you could be thinking about what you're going to cook later. You could be thinking about Anything. business, <laughs> Anything. Uh, but the fact that you know, what I did with my son was I asked, are you okay? Because then we got the big, uh, when you assume you make a what out of what, yes. and we know what. And so for them not to even engage and ask you and say, this is the reason why, then it's not even speaking to my skill set. That's a personal thing, and it shouldn't be personal in business. Absolutely. I, I, find a, I have found that most times we as black women, we're looking to the letter. Right. We're looking at the job description. We're looking at the tasks. We're looking at what needs to get done. We are get it done people. We've always been get it done people. That's just who we are. We get we get it done <laughs> and do <laughs> and, and do some extra stuff while we getting it done. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. We haven't learned the skill set of relationship building. And hear me out. Okay. I, look, I see you smacking your lips. I see you smacking your lips. Listen, we have not learned the skill set of networking and relationship building to build allyship with other people in a way that when they have a seat at the table, they'll speak for us. And I think that some of the onus of that is on us, Mm -hmm. right? Because I can only control me. I can't control anybody else out there. But then again, some of the onus is is on other people's Mm -hmm. biases Mm -hmm. um so do i think that we should just come to the table and just like completely change our demeanor our attitude and who we are just to show up because a lot of times i feel like when we're in those spaces that's what is expected of us Mm -hmm. like i can't and that goes to one of the other things that um was noted in the article it says black women are almost twice as likely as women overall to say that they can't bring their whole selves to work. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we, we can even just think about like the crown act a minute ago. I couldn't like, you got lots. <laughs> I got lot. like, we couldn't come to work like this. We had to like vanilla ourselves down. And I don't think that the onus of that part is on us, mm-hmm. but I do think that the onus of us kind of laying down our guardedness mm-hmm. And entering the room, asking for help, and just really building. And it, we look at it sometimes like, oh, I got to kiss their butt. Mm. I'm going to have to push back a little bit. All right, come on. <laughs> and my pushback is, it depends on 
where you are. So you've been more in corporate. I was only in corporate for a little bit. And even in the time when I was I was in pharmaceuticals, I, I showed up as my whole self. And I think it was because of the job I was in where I had to call on physicians. Calling on means going to the doctor's office mm -hmm. in pharmaceutical world. Um, and so I could be myself and my authentic self was uh, praise because I have a way with people. So it was a way for me to, you know, the, the doctors or the staff, when I would come monthly, would be happy to see me because I brought my own flavor. Mm -hmm. And then switching over to higher education, I, I would just add a conference when we were talking about this, people being afraid to show up as their authentic selves. And I feel like I have in, in, in everything because how I'm talking right now is how I talk. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be polite. I'm going to be cordial. I'm going to be me. I'm going to crack the joke. So I want to say I've been blessed in that sense. But I've heard horror stories where it's like, where we know, white voice, hmm. black voice, hmm. or you feel like you can't show. And sometimes, lately, sometimes I do kind of ease back like, dang, did I show up as my authentic self too much? So you do kind of question it, like, is it hindering me or is it helping me? But in my role, I think my authentic self, self in um, the career that I, I'm in helps students. And so my job is to propel students forward and to make them feel comfortable in their skin. So I have to be as comfortable as I can because students can sense fakeness and unauthenticness and unsurety. Mm. So in that, where I show up in that way, I think I, I have to. But I do know people who, depending on how they were reared in professionalism, they will shy away from it because they've been told one thing. Um, but I was able to come behind authentic people. I was able to come behind people who, who, because they were in high, they inspired me to go in higher ed and they were the kind of like fight the power people. Like I'm going to show a professional. I'm going to be in the right suit. I'm going I'm to look fly because baby, we look fly all the time. All the time. That's period. Even from the French roll to the flat iron to the lock, baby, we always going to look the part right. and we always going to dress in our Sunday's best because we know Sometimes others can come to work looking crazy. And it's like, wow, you really wore that. You really, you really <laughs> wore that. You really wore Today. that. And, and no one said anything. In this setting. Okay, great. And so, <laughs> um, yes. That's funny. <laughs> so we know, right? And so I think that, like I said, depending on how you were reared, depending on who you came up behind, if they still were kind of scared and, you know, even like you said to our hair, there were people. 10 years ago, even five years ago. I say 10, dang, are we old? So 10 uh -uh, I ain't old. You <laughs> I mean, I'm young, but <laughs> I remember even 10 years ago, even my, my, my mom was born in the 1960s. And I remember when I first went natural and she was like, you're not going to be able to get a job. Mm -hmm. You know, and this was after I had my baby. So I ended up going back to perm my hair because I needed to get back into the workforce. And because my mom had grew up in a time where it's like, no, your hair needs to be straightened, even though we know perms causing fibroids and all, all kind of things. And, and for me, perms were causing, you know, pain in my scalp, like real pain, not just the burn and the soreness, but like pain, pain. So mm -hmm. it's like I couldn't. I couldn't stand it anymore. And so, like I said, it's a generational thing, too, where we're 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 millennials and we're breaking free in the Gen Z years. We've inspired them and they're even breaking more free because yeah, they're they a little are. bit more bold with the colors. We like, OK, I'm a lock it, but I ain't going to put orange in my hair. Now. Right. <laughs> right. Know, so. 
I like, I, I want to kind of lean into that space. A couple things you said mm-hmm. um, about the authenticity and the realness. Mm-hmm. I want to say that again, the authenticity and the realness. <laughs> um, and the fact that in your space, in your particular field, mm-hmm. you have to show up as yourself because people can, can you know, sense out that you aren't real. Mm-hmm. I think in other spaces, it's the flip side, For right? Sure. If mm-hmm. I show up, real you know sister girl whatever then then you're punished for that Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of times we take that over into other spaces Mm -hmm. and places because we don't just lead as black women at work right we lead you know at church we lead in community organizations our sororities all types of Mm -hmm. stuff and then we carry those same standards like so I went to an HBCU Mm -hmm. and I remember my first week before school even started, we had like freshman orientation. Welcome week. Welcome. I went to HBC. Yeah. Too. <laughs> I Where'd you go? Dillard University. Oh, come on, Dillard. I, mean, I didn't graduate from Dillard. But I, I went to Dillard. Like, I didn't graduate from Hampton. <laughs> but I went to but Hampton. But I went to period. Period. Okay, we there. So, but I remember what I didn't realize then. But I realize now as respectability 101 really was the class that we was being taught. Okay, like how do you show up in the world as a black woman? How you need to wear this and don't have your hair like that and don't speak like this. And like I, I went, I had a you can't tell now, but yeah. I had a full on voice and diction class to yeah. take my dialect away. Were you a business major? I was a journalism major. Okay, yeah, I know about and people so, who did business or journalism had to take and those in business and journalism had to wear suits to class and like. The, the guys couldn't have braids. It wasn't no coming outside with a bonnet on or a do-rag on, you know, all those things. Mm-hmm. And it just became more like policing ourselves. I throw this mic at you. Let's go. <laughs> Come on, look, throw the mic and say what you got to say. But it did. It became more like you got to police yourself to be white. And that's really what it is. Like, you got to be white and show up in this space as yeah. a black person, but be white. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Me and my husband talk about this all the time about how HBCUs are just producing. They're not producing, and I had to say radicalism. They're not producing people to fight against the power. They're producing people to uh, assimilate, assimilate into, into the system. Yes, ma'am. Yes, and, ma'am. And, and I, ha- I hate that for us. Because I don't, I don't subscribe to respectability politics. Even though sometimes I can see it showing up again, how we're reared, you know, in those, in those things. And to your point, like you said, business journalism, you have the dialect class, um, making sure you enunciate, making sure uh-huh. if it has a T on the end, you don't cut that T off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you yeah. have to say those things, and that's what that's what I meant by the two different worlds. That's why I'm saying like. I do show up as my authentic self for my students, but in the grand scheme of things, right? If I want ascension, is my authentic self hindering me? Because I don't think that I speak badly. I feel that I talk well. I feel like I have good diction. I feel that I dress well. I feel like I have all these things, but I sound like this. Right. And that's just who you are. (laughs) And I feel like we should be able to show up in those spaces and Mm -hmm. also get into the topic of sending the elevator down. Not judging or misjudging 
another sister's intelligence or mm -hmm. her capability or capacity to show up and do the work or whatever based upon your preconceived ideas. You speaking on it. Of how this person should, you know, sis comes to work and she got, you know, some some knotless braids down her butt. And yeah. now all of a sudden in your mind, oh, she ghetto. Right. Which ghetto is a location. Hello. Not a human. Yes. It's a location. Yes. Do we need to get to historio, history of what a ghetto is? Because blacks were put in uh, ghettos. Japanese Jewish, uh -huh. were put in ghettos and Jewish people were put in ghettos, but yet they want to assign ghetto to us. And so back to the idea of sending the elevator down where this stemmed from our conversation mm -hmm. for you. Me and Chanel be, be chatting y'all. Yes, we vibes. And, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> That's my little sister. <laughs> don't, don't, uh, don't, oh Lord, don't do it. Not on air. I ain't going to do it. <laughs> All right, y'all. So this kind of came from a, a, I don't want to say it's a meme, but a tweet that was tweeted on October 13, 2022 mm. by a young lady named Rayana. That's her name. I don't know her, but it was circulating around. And it said, black women as supervisors are the worst experience. And that's kind of what started uh, me and Chanel and I to have this conversation mm -hmm. today. And I was <laughs> appalled. And I was appalled because, well, I can't say I was completely appalled. I was 50% appalled because I've had two great black women supervised no three and then i've had a terrible just a je a jealous one mm. and shoot i didn't left where i was going with that sending sitting the elevator down in the braids yeah so i was at a conference and we were at a round table and one of the women at the table said um if w since work starts at 8 a.m I'm there at 7.30 a.m. And people, because I believe early is on time. And I'm thinking because, and, and she was Greek. I ain't going to say which Greek. Mm. We're Greek. but And I was taught that too. Early is on time mm. and on time. That's what I learned in uh, foundation. Look, foundational foundation HBCU 101. Early Respectability is on, politics. Show up. <laughs> Early is on time. On, uh, on time is late and anything else is unacceptable. This has been drilled in my head since I was 14 years yes, old. Yes, ma'am. But let me tell you what experience has done taught me. Okay. So she made this comment. And so she said, so when people come right in at eight, she, she was saying openly that she judges them. She bases their work off of it. And so me and another colleague at the table was like, well, shoot, um, I come at eight and I'm one of the hardest working people there. So that's to your point about the respectability and the judging, because I don't know this woman, but how I work, I work on 10, mm -hmm. actually off the scales. And so for you to say that you instantly are turning people off and she, she didn't put a color to it, but you're turning them off because you decided to come at 730 where they're not paying you. Cause baby, if you're not paying me at 730, there's no need for me Why to be here? there and I'm not, I'm not going to do it. So if it's eight, I'm going to be there at eight. And so she <laughs> said that, but that's to your point of like judging. And so there could be a person that needs a raise and she could be in a position of power and she's looking at because they came in at eight but not instead of looking at their work where somebody who's brown nosing her coming in at the same time and ain't and doing nothing and trash-tastic uh-huh but you're gonna elevate them and so again we need to start talking to people assessing come on assessment yes and then making informed decisions i think i think you're right on because i feel like for whatever reason, going back to the tweet that you shared, mm -hmm. 
And you you hit a word. I'm going to bring it up. A lot of people don't like to say this word, but jealousy. They don't. They don't like to say it because it's like an ugly word. But it's true because I've, I have seen women, like you saying, work twice as hard. And we, we go hard in the paint. That's just who we are as black women. We just do it. And we mm-hmm. know that we have to go above and beyond because we've been overlooked for so long. So it's like I got to show up and show out just yeah. to be acknowledged just to be seen for you know whatever mm-hmm. and so we put on but we make it so hard for one another and I, I found this not just at work I'm I'm in leadership and when I, when you shared that quote with me it kind of like gut punched me because I'm like man I don't want anybody to come to work and I don't lead any nobody on my team under me is black or you know whatever mm-hmm. around me I'm the only black person on my mm-hmm. team but I would hate for somebody to have that experience where they walk away and it's like, I never want to work, you know, with or underneath a, a black woman mm-hmm. because that's going to prevent the rest of us from ascending because now that person that was your subordinate, you know, and they may be another race or whatever, mm-hmm. they ascend. And now what they say, when you go up the elevator, you got to, it's going to come back down and you got to watch the same people are seeing that you just tried to keep right. down. Exactly. But we do that so much to ourselves. Even, even in, you just brought up the sorority. Don't look like that. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> you, true, true. We judge each other. If you don't do this, if you don't work but, your finger to the bone, mm-hmm. give, uh, you know, you all your all 80 them, events. Yeah, if you ain't done all this stuff, you're not worthy. And so, no, I'm not going to, uh, uh, uh. And, mm-hmm. you know, and we want to, I'm going to ask you what your thoughts are. I got thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to say what part of my thought is. Okay. We haven't had power long enough to know how to wield power. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we think that because that power looks like gatekeeping and keeping each other out and pushing others down because that's what power has looked like to us mm-hmm. for so long. And so instead of saying, I didn't like how that felt when that happened to me, mm-hmm. we say, this is what I'm supposed to do when I get into power. And it makes me feel better about myself to be able to push mm-hmm. somebody else down. That's what I think it is. What? Tell me what you think it is. And, and audience, why y'all, y'all in these <laughs> comments. All right. I see y'all here. I see y'all. I need to hear what do, what do y'all think this is? We need to hash this out today because it's go ahead. No, well, before I get to that, I want to come back to the tweet about black women as supervisors being the worst experience. I don't like blanket statements and I don't like generalizations. Yes, because it's so, never all or, or nothing. It's never. It's never that. And when, when my little cousin had reposted it, this is where I saw it. And I said to her, that's not true. Have you ever had one? And she said, yeah. And I said, so this, this statement can't be true. It can't be true. It's not, it's not applicable to everybody. But to your point, if they, if they have that one bad experience, then next when they go to the next job, they're going to carry that bruise with them. And so then they might interact with that person negatively, which causes the interaction to be negative. That's number one. Um, number two, like you said, being afraid to send the elevator down, that respect, that whole idea of I work so hard to get here, so I want to make it equally as hard for you instead of lightening the load. Yes. Instead of 
using, again, assessing the situation, putting our thinking caps on. We don't do that no more. Remember when you was little and they would say, put your, put your thinking, thinking caps yeah, on? Yeah. And thinking about how our ancestors lightened the load for us. Mm. As much as it's still we got much, much road to go, the load has been lightened for us. There's a TikTok going around about, it's like a funny thing about your ancestors coming back and asking uh, you questions. I saw that. And one said, <laughs> my, my ancestor asking me what I'm doing and the girl said, nothing. nothing. And the ancestor was like, Oh, because we can now, kind of, not really, but we can kind of be like, I'm doing nothing today. Mm -hmm. I'm chilling today Mm -hmm. where that wasn't the opportunity afforded. So we need to put on those thinking caps and assess that when we're interacting with one another. And to to, to your point, it's learned behavior because we go to these institutions, whether HBCU HBCUs are PWIs and we're learning from the oppressor how to treat each other mm. and they're not communal and we're communal people so get back to your roots and be communal because when you're learning to just lay down the law lay down the law be mean this whole idea of pull yourself up by the bootstraps which is a lie a whole god darn it lie a whole lie <laughs> because sometimes you don't even got the Martin Luther King said sometimes you don't even got the boot so how you gonna pull up the strap, the strap. so we have to help one another, you know, where we come from, we help each other because we know there is no other. Absolutely. So you got to help. And that's that's how I lead. I'm um, Even in my position, I make sure that if I get information and I feel like maybe everybody didn't get it or may I, I'll print off copies for everybody and I'll just pass it around to everybody, you know, just so that they can have it, no matter their creed, color, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to pass it out because I want somebody to say their interaction with me was also pleasant. And I'm not doing it as, uh, as the word says, doing as, uh, eye service as the men pleasers do. Cause I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing it from my heart because I want this thing to work well. And when everybody feels good, everybody's going to work better. And then they might want to implement that same behavior. Like, we used to say jocking where I'm from. Like, you jocking off uh-huh. me. Jock that. I used to say that too. Jock positive behavior. Yes. Don't jock n- no negative, negative stuff. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think, and I also, I know I always go back around to social media because I do think that social media has a huge play in our behavior nowadays, whether Absolutely. we think so or not. And that whole, you know, I'm living this life of luxury that people are putting on or whatever. <laughs> I have I have ascended. I have become. I am woman. Hear me roar. Whatever they write. It's like, oh, I'm up here. And you're down here. And oh, I, you know, and then they be so stressed out and they living a lie and they, girl, child. First of so, all, I didn't about to throw this mic at you for I'm one more saying, time. That's how it is. It's like, oh, you got the whole highlight reel going and you, you know, you got your, your Louis bag and you're doing great and that's wonderful and, and and beautiful and you're in debt and you're in debt and you're stressed out and you hate everybody around you and you bring <laughs> that hate energy everywhere you go and now you gotta look you know you gotta mm-hmm. try to put on all these airs to make yourself feel like you're something because you're you're empty and you're depleted on the inside sis like i'm yeah it's the j word let's go back to the j word Sometimes they're jealous of you because of your spirit. Yes. Because they can't understand how they spent all this money to be up here and you rocking some sheen. Because maybe I'm rocking some sheen. Hello. As a matter of fact. Is this from sheen? It might be. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? And they can understand how people are gravitating towards your spirit when they, they invested thousands of dollars. To still be ugly. 
on the inside. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, they can't under, and, that, and that jealous is a big thing. And I feel like it's just like in AA or NA. You got to acknowledge it before you can get that thing out. And some of these people in leadership need to acknowledge that. Check, check your inside. Check why you feel away when such and such comes around. Check that. Yeah. Don't let that fester because there's something internal going on with you. I check myself. If I feel myself, the, the J creeping up on me or the E, the envy uh-huh. creeping up on me, I say, whoa, why am I feeling that way? Am, do, am I feeling threatened? Do I feel like she gone? Because mm. like I tell somebody, I can, I just told somebody this the other day. I don't hold back where I may have got something from, right? Because even if I told you and you went out the next day and bought the same thing, you're not going to wear it like me. And I'm not going to wear it like you. You could be rocking it better or it don't got to be better. We're just going to rock it differently because we're two different people. So you don't have to withhold information because you're scared somebody is going to pass you. Because I am a believer and what God has for me is for me. me. So even if it didn't come in 2019, it may have came in 2023. You know, and I'm also a believer that things happen at their appointed time. Write the vision, make it plain, and at this at its appointed time, it shall come to pass. Shall that's a promise means it it shall be and it's going to happen. Am I preaching? You better come on. You better preach. You better go ahead and pass this collection plate. I'm saying, listen, I'm looking at these comments and I ain't trying to cut you off. Mm-hmm. We got about five more minutes left and I want to get to, okay. I want to get to the, um, the end. Okay. But I, we got some fire comments coming in. So somebody said, is that manager behaving that way because the existing toxic culture and institutional systems within the organization and they're just trying to survive. Absolutely. I believe that 100%. I believe that. And then somebody else also said it could also be built up stress and tension outside of the workplace. Research shows that black women suffer from stress and depression more often than other groups and are and are less likely to receive the mental help that they need. Mm. And I believe wholeheartedly. Thank you all for those two comments because yes. those two are they're very... Um, rich in what you are saying for sure and they're very true we don't deal with our mental health and we carry um oh i just came from therapy right before coming Mm -hmm. here and we just had this conversation in therapy and my therapist is a black woman and she is a one of one one of of, us yes (laughs) and so we Mm -hmm. talked about the mental health and the stress that comes around overperforming and you know, trying to show up a certain way and doing all these things. And now you're under stress and now you're pouring out toxic waste mm. on everybody else. Spillage. And you don't realize it. So thank you for bringing that up because it's very, very true. I love to lay on the couch and lay my burdens down because mm-hmm. I know I can become neurotic and, and foolish if, I, you know, if yeah. left to my own devices. And so I think that mental health and um taking care of yourself in these unsafe spaces because they are Mm -hmm. unsafe for us let's be real yeah um in these unsafe spaces is necessary can i speak to that go ahead um to the mental health part if you are employed use your eap 
That's Please. employee assistance program. I was on the church van the other day and the radio came on for that. And the and the, the bus driver of, on the church van was like, what's EAP? He didn't even know what it was. And I said, I, if you're an employee, go to Human Resources and you can get free, six free counseling sessions. Depending on where you work, it could be three, four, or six. But get those free uh, sessions. It's confidential. And just piggybacking back a little bit about you saying, you know, being okay to lay on the couch and lay your burdens down. I was... I I'm a recovering. I'm still in process of feeling like um, people should be able to work through trauma mm. just because I have worked through so much trauma mm. and you never would have known it because I'm always hearing a bright smile and I'm always going to be nice. But in, the, in those moments by myself or I'll inflict that like, what you mean you giving up? Like I went through this. Mm. So you can't. Mm. So I am in recovery that understanding that the burdens that I can't, that trauma that I went through, everybody ain't built for that yeah. to just go through it and still get a 4.0. One last point. And, we about to, <laughs> and, then, and then we're going to get to the five questions that yeah. you got for me. Yeah. And then we're going to get out of here because my producer is ready to go home and eat dinner. <laughs> I love that you just said that. So one of my line sisters is a therapist. And we talked about safe spaces. And uh, um, an example that she brought up was one time at an event, <laughs> one of our members was giving accolades for working through pneumonia. She had pneumonia and she was really sick, and she, but she still like put on this program. Yeah. And everybody was like, we, you know, oh man, like giving her <laughs> kudos. And she said, but in her therapist's mind, she said, no, sis. Like, no, 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 no. You don't work, like you don't work through through trauma. You don't work through like you need to rest. You need to recover. You need to, you know, and, and when she said that and just saying about how we don't realize that we don't always create safe spaces because we've had to work through trauma so much mm -hmm. that it's become the norm. Mm -hmm. And then we look at other people like they're weak mm -hmm. because they don't. And so I just want to throw that out there. Um, Y'all, let's take better care of each other. The whole episode today is about sending the elevator down. And whether that's creating a safe space for another sister, whether that's being an ally to another sister, whether that's putting her name in rooms that she hasn't entered yet, whatever that might be. If you feel like you can't do that or whatever the case, check yourself. Because we're in these spaces now. We have... Uh, you know, an air of power in, in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. And if your first thought is, I don't want to open the door for somebody else, then mm -hmm. it's something wrong. It's, that's mental illness, if you ask me. <laughs> like, like what, what my girl, I can't think of the rapper, she said, if you're doing something, that's mental illness. But yeah, <laughs> something ain't right. That's definitely mental illness. So. Send, it, send the elevator down. Sending the elevator down is listening without judgment. Sending the elevator down is remembering. Again, we some of us were groomed in respectability. So if you are trying to groom somebody up so that they can function in the spaces of respectability, be patient with them because they might have not known. And remember, there was a time when you didn't know as well. I love it. All right. <clears throat> well, today got five quick questions for me. 
and we going and then we out of here. Okay, I'm gonna do it real fast because we touched on this one. How has your hair played a role in or impacted your career ascension? Oh my goodness, I I read a post. You know how Facebook lets you go back and mm-hmm. read your posts from like 11 years ago. <laughs> yes. I read a post two days ago, literally, and I was like, man, I gotta I got this interview tomorrow, and I gotta find somebody to straighten my hair, blah blah blah. And I just remember. Kind of like what you said with your mom, mm-hmm. feeling like I had to go into interviews and I had to, you know, straighten my hair and look a certain way. Now, I mean, I'm locked now. It, it ain't, it, look, <laughs> ain't no it, this back. is what it is. So y'all like me or love me. I'm empowered now um, within myself. And so if y'all don't like who I am as I show up, then that's just who you are. If you don't like it, move around. Move around. Okay. What women have shaped you as a leader in your community and as a professional in your career? Oh, I can think of a few, but who I want to speak to today is, yes, (laughs) I want to speak to um, my sorority sister, Carolyn Gillian. Mm -hmm. So she worked with me at a previous job and she always made sure I had a safe space. Like I, like I could probably lay on that lady lap and just (laughs) like, she is everything to me. And so she's now in my chapter as well. She's a leader there too. And I seek her for wisdom all the time. We have like real good sister girl conversations. And it is a bunny rabbit right there. Anyway, that just distracted me. (laughs) That was random. That was real random. (laughs) But she is an amazing uh, leader, an amazing sister, amazing person. So yes, she has definitely helped me. Shout out to her. Um, what woman on television did you want to be like when you were a kid or a teenager? I wanted to be Khadijah. Ooh, Girl, yes. I wanted to run Flavor. <laughs> so the whole like journalism, <laughs> entrepreneurship thing, like I was like, ooh, I want to be like her. Because she was cool. She wasn't bougie. Yeah. You know what I'm but saying? But still classy. But she still was classy. She still had her thing. And you know, I just thought living single was everything. So... <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. To that, I when I was in undergrad, I wanted to start a magazine called On the Come Up, and it kind of didn't come to pass. But I wanted my inspiration was Martin Lawrence because WZUP was yeah, up, and Khadijah, like especially Martin. Martin is my biggest influence on being on the mic. But anyway. That's dope. Khadija Jane. Shout out to Queen Latifah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Queen Latifah. Oh, no. Okay, anyway, keep going. Send the elevator over here to us, Queen. Baby, I love <laughs> me some Dana Owens, okay? Okay. But sis was a jazz singer. Let's get in a rapper. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Shout out to Queen Latifah. Okay. What's the best advice a woman gave you? Oh. The best advice a woman gave me. <laughs> Lord, I just had to choke. <laughs> and it don't got to be like uh-huh. corporate. It could be no, like some real. I'm going to tell you. It was make sure he love you more than you love him. I heard that. Mm-hmm. And I. I ain't found it yet. <laughs> I ain't found it yet. I don't agree with that. But she, that's what, that's what I was told. And I think it's good advice because women get carried away in our emotions. We and do. if we don't watch it, we'll end up carrying a relationship and he'll be like laying on the couch doing nothing okay i get that so it may not necessarily be that the feeling or the emotion isn't there i think it's sometimes just about controlling how you how you show up in a relationship and like not i don't want to say not giving your whole self because i think you should give your whole Mm -hmm. self but I, i it's very easy for us to get in situations where um we're just carrying, we're carrying we the whole thing. Away. Yeah. yeah. So 
I think that's good advice. Anyway. I want to say my remix to that is make sure that it's mutual. Mm. That the reciprocation is mutual. Yes. And I only say that because I dated a dude who, to that point, loved me more than him. And it overwhelmed me to the point where it was like. Yeah, that's a turn off sometimes. Yeah. Mutual. Okay, last question. Mm -hmm. What's the most difficult lesson you were reluctant to learn? Mm. It kept reoccurring until you finally. Ooh. (laughs) To let people go. Mm. Chanel, huh? this is my 30th time about to throw this mic at you because I, st- I am a work in process. It, it's, <laughs> it's hard because you want to, going back to your last question, you want to make it work. You want to see the best in people. You want it to be. And you got this fairy tale. Women, we show up to the table with a fairy tale, right? We done already seen ourselves, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and then it's hard because you got to let go of the idea. Not necessarily what's actually happening because what's ha- actually happening probably sucks. But you got to let go of the idea. And so that's the lesson. Y'all heard that? Yeah. Let it go, babies. Well, we've we've come to the end of the hour. And I'm hungry. And I know that. Uh, <laughs> I'm hungry, <laughs> say, no. <laughs> But thank y'all for coming, showing up in the comments. Y'all know I love this engagement. I'm like on 10. I got to go through and read everything <laughs> y'all said. Because y'all was like. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> so. We are coming back, though. We talked a little bit about taking care of ourselves as women, and I am bringing my chiropractors on. It's four black women, and they run a chiropractic um, practice, and they get me all the way together. We're talking about taking care of ourselves as black women and making sure that we are holistically, mentally, physically, spiritually, all that taken care of. So come back. We'll be back. And thank you, Tanae, and the Tanae Talks show. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. We always have a good time. Uh, be sure to follow me on social media at Tanae Talks. That's T-Y-N-E-E-T-A-L-K-S. I know it looked like tiny because I had a black mama, but it is Tanae. So follow me on all platforms. Tanae Talks. <laughs> there you go. All right, y'all. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Thanks for watching the Bright Girls in Business show. Be sure to like, comment, and share this video. And don't forget to subscribe and smack the bell so that you get notifications each and every time I go live with a new episode. Until next time, watch one of the previous episodes and we'll see you next time.